the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic. Comprehensive coverage and insightful analysis built around your personalized favorite leagues, favorite teams every day. Download the app and get exclusive ad-free content today. And visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off your first year subscription. That's theathletic.com slash track. S-P-O-T-R-A-C. Happy Monday morning. My name is Mike Giannetti. The NBA regular season is now in the books, and we're going to largely focus on that at the back end of this show. Scott Allen joins the show to break down some playoff matchups, financial ramifications, maybe some awards, some gambling, the whole gamut here. It's time. But first, a few NFL tidbits that I discovered this weekend, or at least considered this weekend. One was, I'm really investing a lot of time here, obviously, in rosters with rookie contracts and you know, a pretty decent amount of movement still in terms of waivers, um, small trades, cap casualties that still exist out there. Um, and, and of course, extensions, extension candidates. So the, uh, I'm kind of up and down these rosters on a daily basis. And one of the things that started to pop into my head was what what has become of the 60 plus players that opted out last year? You know, are they still with their current team? Are they still in their in their contract that told over from last year? Um, what what's just kind of the ramifications of that? So I did a quick research piece based on our transactions from last year. It's closer than I thought it was going to be. So thirty nine are still in that in that active contract. Thirty nine still remain in the in the deal that told over from last year. 27 of them were outlet released or waived. So off they're they're out of their current contract. A few maybe signed back, a few others signed elsewhere. Um, many of them though, many of those 27 still without a contract right now in 2021. So 40%, not a great number there. And then one retired, one was traded. Marcus Cannon, of course, from the Patriots to the Texans, and Marcus Gilbert retired outright. So it hasn't returned, of course, but kind of interesting to see how that shook down because, you know, how many of those 27 would have been waived anyway, because it was a weird year, a cap year. There were plenty of cap casualties, small and large, just to finagle the roster, finagle the cap. I think in a lot of cases, anyone over a million dollars in terms of the 2021 cap, and even if it told over, teams were just saying, can we get you back cheaper? And I bet <laughs> in terms of opt-out players, the majority the majority of those answers was yes. So, you know, are they late September signings? Probably for the most part. I mean, many are going to be minimum deals from here out anyway, but 40% of the 67, 67 players who opted out last year aren't on those contracts anymore. So I thought that was fascinating. Real quick, in baseball, Albert Pujols reportedly has a deal with the Dodgers. Of course, not that that's, you know, this is kind of Blake Griffin going to the Nets, right? I mean, how much impact can he have? Except, oh, by the way, Blake Griffin's having a huge impact with the Nets. And it seems as though that's going to carry through the postseason. So don't knock it. 
until we see how it plays out. Now, is Pujols going to be an everyday player? No. And I know that's what he wants, but come on. This is a team full of kids, full of superstars, to be honest. And he's going to platoon with Max Muncy and, and a few other players for that first base role. And there's there's no DH. There's no, you know, there, there'll be DHs in interleague games. That's it. There's going to be a small role over the next 80, 90 games for Albert Pujols. But if this team does make the postseason run, we think it will. He'll be a factor. The bench players are a huge factor down the stretch. So I get it from that standpoint. I also get it from this standpoint. He's going to cost them about $430,000 for the rest of the year, uh, meaning $29.5 million left with the Angels to finish out that contract. So kind of a no-brainer, especially with the Dodgers injuries. It's not like, you know, they're not going to win 110 games, but they also don't want to win 80. You know, they, they need to do everything possible to sustain. And a Bellinger injury and a Corey Seager injury and a Dustin May injury, and that's just a few of the, you know, off the top here. It's got them kind of reeling a little bit. And, yes, they've had a, a rough 10-game stretch here. They, they, they had an okay weekend series, but they're going to continue to do this and kind of piece things together as they need because, A, they are the contender. You know, this is the Lakers. This is the contender. So they're not going to take steps back. They're not going to allow themselves to take steps back too far. If they have to go and acquire a piece, they will. Whether it's now, whether it's at the deadline, they will. That's just how teams in this position should and do operate, especially in the big market, Los Angeles. So it doesn't surprise me that this is the team that got it done. Um, The money's obviously right. You know, will he be happy in the fit? I think winning will change everything. You know, that's the piece that was missing in the Angels. You, You know, is Albert Pujols fine taking a reduced role on a team that's contending? Yes, we just saw it. It just happened with the Dodgers. And if the Angels were anywhere close to that, he's probably still on that roster. So that's where we are right now. And then one last NFL tidbit. And it's a grind my gears moment. And I bet if you haven't figured this out or haven't read this yet, for many of you out there, fantasy football players, dynasty owner players, This is going to be a grind your gears moment as well. So new schedule, 17 games, last last preseason, all good stuff. The 2021 schedule includes bye weeks that run into week 14, which is just a nightmare for fantasy football. This is a nightmare. I mean, you know how good it feels to get past that that bye week segment in your fantasy football league to, to understand like, all right, I can kind of control this now however I want, and I can be a true GM, whereas, you know, you're dealing with who's off here, who's off there. This is going to be extremely difficult for a lot of leagues. And look, a lot of leagues, the playoffs would start that week if you're doing a three-round system. You're going to have a playoff system that, that includes buys. That's going to be a problem. So I think a lot of leagues are going to have to flex and alter their playoff schedule to maybe bring it down to a two-week system or, 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 or a three- or four-week system with some ramifications, maybe, maybe extend the trade deadline, things like that. But this is going to cause some ruffles in the fantasy world because that's a long way to have bye weeks into week 14. So something to think of early on here in May as you're sort of formulating your, your upcoming season um, like I said, maybe your structure has to change because this is going to be a problem for a lot of teams that do lengthy playoffs in fantasy football. So just a quick grind my gears moment from the new NFL schedule. One of many, by the way. But let's get to some basketball. 
First, today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, dedicated to serving the unique wealth management needs of athletes and top professionals in the sports and entertainment industry. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment strives to give sports professionals the financial solutions they need, including access to financing to support prospective NFL and NBA athletes through the draft process, pre and post. Find out more about Morgan Stanley's pre and post draft loan program ms.com slash gse that's ms.com slash gse and we're joined by scott allen scott happy mba postseason here's what i'm going to do off the top i want to keep it as financial as possible because there's going to be a lot of shows doing a lot of breakdowns on a lot of playoff scenarios here and uh, and i want to keep it kind of close to the vest here at least to start and then we can bring in some objectives if you want i want to run through each matchup and and say out loud where the, those teams ranked in terms of total spending this year. I want to see kind of where the top seeds were, where the, where the playing teams were. I, I mean, we, we obviously know where a couple of the playing teams live right now, but uh, let's just kind of run through the matchup. Western Conference, I'll give you the matchup. You give me the payrolls, and we'll uh, we'll continue on from there. So we've got Utah's the one seed. Where were they in 2021 payroll? Uh, payroll based on cap or cash are we going with? Let's do cap. Let's do cap. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Utah ended up 25th in – oh, that's under cap space. Sorry about that. <laughs> sixth in total Sixth in total cap for Utah. Okay. So I think this is going to be a trend, but we'll, we'll get there. How about the one seed in the east, Philly? Philly is third. Okay. Um, our two seeds are Phoenix and Brooklyn. Yep. So Brooklyn is number two. And Phoenix is... Uh, Got to find them here. Where would Brooklyn have been without James Harden? Phoenix is 21. Wow. Uh, Brooklyn without probably James. still there because they gave up about the same amount of salary, right? I think they're still second. Yeah, yeah, because of the matching and in the three way trade, they would probably still be up at the top. I mean, they're uh, twenty million above Philadelphia, That's what I'm who's third. Too. So yeah, it, it would be close. It's a it, it's Golden State, Brooklyn, and the rest of rest of the league right now. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, really it is. is. We'll get there. So Phoenix 25th, you said? 21st. 21st. Okay, so automatically there's your best value team without even trying. I mean, that's just it. Not even close. Your three seats are Denver and Milwaukee. Denver is 17th. Okay. Milwaukee is 9th. Okay. Four seats are the Clippers and the unbelievable Knicks. Clippers are four. Knicks are 30th. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Less than $100 million in allocated cap in 2021. They still still have cap space. Not that they can use it now, but (laughs) they had cap space. I mean, just incredible numbers. Incredible. Yeah. We'll get there. The five seeds, Dallas and Atlanta. Dallas is 23rd. And Atlanta is 25th. Okay. It's about right. Yeah. Your six seeds, Portland and Miami. 
Portland is 12, and Miami is 8. Okay. Let's leave the playing teams alone right now because we're going to have okay. a whole discussion about that. Let's just quickly run through the top 10 of cap mm-hmm. in 2021. Golden State playing. Brooklyn, second seed. Philly, one seed. Clippers, four seed. Lakers playing. Jazz, one seed. Pelicans out. Miami, mid seed. Bucks, four seed. Three seed, excuse me. Memphis playing. They're all in. Yes. Except for the Pelicans. Well, quote unquote unquote in if you call the play. We're not calling it a playoff, right? It's a play in. (laughs) Well, and I messaged our buddy Keith after our conversation last week about yeah. the, the verbiage, and he said that is a sticking point with the PA and the league right now as to if this is considered a uh, playoff or not, and that is going to be something in the future here that negotiation is going to have to dictate one way or another if this is considered play-in play is not uh playoff or it is playoff because like we talked about last week there is money involved if it is a playoff and not if it's not correct right yeah okay. the, the, the verbiage is very important especially like we talked about the incentives and player pool uh right now these plans are just in in transition so okay. they're not part i'm of on nba.com season. scott and i'm looking at the bracket right here on the homepage. And they're saying that the play-in starts May 18th and the playoffs start May 22nd. So that's all the, that's all I need to answer that question. Here's the best thing that happened to this play-in tournament in terms of compensation. LeBron James is in it and LeBron James now is going to find out exactly how this thing works from the, from behind the scenes. And if he's not happy with it and he knows that all of his buddies aren't getting paid off of this, that's going to change by December. Okay, it's going to change. Oh, so before December, because yeah. we're going to be back on a, the, the same timeline as we usually are. Yeah. So we're, we're going to know this by August. Maybe, maybe the WNBA changed some things here, probably possibly for the long term. We'll see what happens with this NBA. That's a whole other discussion. But let's keep going. So I gave the top ten. Only New Orleans out of any contention for this postseason. Eleven Boston playing. Twelve Portland in Minnesota. No. Washington playing, Indy playing, playing, <laughs> San Antonio playing, playing, Denver in, in. Toronto out. out, 17. There, it's 15 of the top 17 payrolls are have at least a chance to get get into the actual postseason right now. Now that the regular season has closed, that's good for basketball. Oh, it, the fact that games yesterday matter not just that scott i'm saying the teams that are paying are getting oh, there are getting yes. it done are, are have have a chance to have postseason revenue fans and seats that's really important and it's it's something baseball has been missing for a long long time now you understand what i'm saying i do I, i'm gonna start to really watch this closely with all these sports because if your if your league is not rewarding financial effort, you have a you have a big, big time problem. Big time problem. And this is probably the best part of the NBA right now. That we sat here six months ago, Scott, looking at the Golden State roster and the payroll and thinking, what the hell are they gonna do? They might be yeah, the exactly. worst team in basketball. Yes. And now they're playing LeBron James for a postseason berth. So <laughs> um 
It's really good. Look, experience matters so damn much. We've said it over and over. Broken record. It matters so much. Now, not just to the playoffs, but now to this truncated regular season. It's the reason. It's the single reason Golden State's an eight seed right now. Is Steph knew how to get him there. Draymond knew exactly what he had to do and what he couldn't do. In yes, this, he in did this much better role. in this. Yeah. It, yeah. Draymond Green definitely came on in the second half. I mean, I remember back when we the season started and he was a. But it wasn't scoring. Himself. It was, all right, I, I can't be that guy. I got to be this middling player that either yes. facilitates, keeps my cool. Like he, he just changed his whole persona. And, and oh, by the way, that's, an, that's a Golden State team that has now been together for three years and has been without Clay Thompson for a couple of years. They kind of know how to play this team. So it's not an accident that they're there. It's not just Steph Curry going off, you know, 75% of the time. It was in, in certain cases. But, you know, we've seen that happen with Westbrook and Harden, and those teams don't win championships. So why is this team somehow, you know, slightly better? It's because there's experience up and down that lineup right now. And, you know, I, I just think that that's from our, our eyes, our, our glasses here that look at the, at the league financially speaking, this is the best takeaway we could have is a league that is high paid. I mean, players are very well compensated. They get, you know, 50% of the revenue, which is already more than a lot of these leagues can say. And paying for experience, paying for stardom gets you into the, ne- the, second, the second season. And that's really important. And, and I credit the league for the adjustments that they've made, even in these weird years here, weird year and a half, it has worked. It's worked. And don't you think the Lakers winning from the play-in would just be the cherry on the cake? That's exactly what the league wants here, is that market winning again, repeating with superstars you know, on the face from something that they created as a, a revenue trap, of course, but also an injury trap, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Keith Scott. It is, look, we, we, we just can't have one guy go out and that team be torpedoed. Every single team here has had significant injury, significant injury. I mean, you know, you could talk about how little the Brooklyn players played. You know, Embiid was out a long time. Simmons was out a long time. Kawhi and Paul George played every other game, basically. Everybody either purposefully load managed or because of injuries had to deal with, I mean, Utah, Donovan Mitchell, I can keep going. Jimmy Butler missed a ton. It's just, it's the theme of the year, but every team that matters, every team that paid for success in, in this season is now being rewarded. And that's just phenomenal in my opinion. Yeah. And, and some of the teams that are at the bottom, they have chosen to not pay. They chose to trade off some of their yeah. pieces. So their, their cap ended up coming down and it reflected because they were quote unquote tanking and wanting to get the best possible uh, draft lottery odds as, as possible. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks yeah, Minnesota are, at 13 is just a, Holy God, what happened oh, there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it, you know, it, there were guys that were injured and, and COVID hit them with, with a towns and, you uh, know, that's it, just it, four it, guys playing basketball who don't play together. That's all that well, is. I, you're, you're right. They didn't, they just didn't gel. There were other things. Edwards came on at the end, but when you're, you're getting more minutes like that, of course you're, you should come on when you were such a high draft pick and, uh, you know, <laughs> 
But the Knicks, when you have the Knicks down there at 30, sure. who had cap space almost all year, they made some, you know, everyone scratched their head a couple years ago of what are they doing signing some of these guys? They were guys with experience that for the most part didn't want to be other teams didn't want them on their team. They brought them together. They brought in Tibbs as the coach made trade for Derek Rose. They, sure. they got the experience. Uh, Julius Randall came out of a shell and has really shown up uh, to be, you know, this staple piece they they drafted high they got barrett and some other guys on that team mm -hmm. so you know they're sort of clicking all on all cylinders right now we'll see where that leads them oh, down the road it's the most interesting question we can ask this offseason is what <laughs> it the really hell is. happens to this next team because i'm quickly looking this up they have six Unrestricted free agents, notable players, including Derrick Rose, including Todd Gibson, New Orleans Noel, you know, major minutes on this roster across the year. You know, Julius Randle is not fully guaranteed next year. He's going to have to get paid most likely, and that's a no-brainer. But just the, you know, Mitchell Robinson's on a rookie contract club option. His injuries have piled up. Do you, do you trust him on a long-term rookie extension? I, there's just a, this could be a complete one-and-done situation. And I think a lot of people feel that way, and that's why they're not being talked about enough. But what they've done, the, the, the lowest payroll in the NBA, to be a four seed in the East is just phenomenal. And, and, and it should be, in a microscope, talked about as much as possible because, I, like I said, I don't know the longevity that, that it really has. Yeah, you're right. And this is a team where Mitchell Robinson has pretty much missed the entire season. Yeah. So, you know, th that is a center staple piece that yeah. he was doing really well in the beginning and unfortunately went down and some other guys had to pick it up. But you're right. This is going towards the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. it, where they're – they contend their payroll and then they is just blow so it up. low. <laughs> well, their payroll is just so low, but they're able to contend this year. Yeah. It's an it's an anomaly. But then you go back. You, you, we have had other teams at the bottom. Charlotte is in the play in here. They're a ten seed, but they're they're in the play and they're at twenty eighth. Then you've got the Atlanta Hawks at twenty fifth. Dallas Mavericks at twenty third, and that's with Porzingis on the roster, who's been in and out. And they're a fifth seed. So let so me you ask you because. You we have this discussion with baseball a lot and it, it, it happens in baseball quite a lot, but it just doesn't in this league. You're, you're, you're mentioning these value teams and, and I'm glad you are. It's worthy, but can any of these teams win the championship? No, I don't you think know, so. It, and isn't that, that's, that's something, right? And, and it's because they're either too, they're too young and that's why they're at the bottom of these payrolls or they just simply haven't added the experience the the, the high cost experience that it takes. So, you know, I, I I'll give you your homework assignment for the week, Scott. What's the lowest payroll to win the NBA championship in the past maybe decade or so? Like, which team has either been just rookie contract laden or kind of nickel and dime this thing together with maybe some near vet contracts for those experienced players versus, you know, bringing in superstar contracts that load up your payroll? Who Who is that team that's been able to get this thing done on – maybe a patchwork payroll because it, to me, it just doesn't happen. Not in this my, modern era. Yeah, you're, you're right. My guess is it's going to be, I, I, I'm going to do it because now I'm interested. My guess is going to be, it's going to be the golden state 
for the year before Durant got there because Steph was still on that sure. four for 44. Draymond was still low. I think Clay was still low. That's my guess, but I'm definitely going to go back and look in the last 10 years and see where we're at for championship because I think that's going to be very interesting. So, so Phoenix, at is it 21? Yeah, Phoenix is, is at that 21. Is that the closest chance you think we have to a contender here? Yeah, I do. I mean, I know you bet them, so obviously you believe that. But, <laughs> but do no, you think the general consensus? We'll get to the we'll get to the odds in a, in a second here. But do you think that there's going to be an actual push for them winning, or is that West just too deep around them? Mm. That West is deep. I, I think a lot of it is going. The injuries are going to play into a lot of this. I mean, you know, can the Denver Nuggets? sustain yeah. a seven game series without Jamal Murray. We'll see. Can the Dallas Mavericks, can Porzingis be a factor and not be injured uh, or does Doncic have to take it all on his shoulders and go through? Can the Utah Jazz go deep without Donovan Mitchell potentially playing in the first, you know, how how bad is that injury moving forward? If he comes back, might be a different story. Um, but these injuries are going to be important because say Los Angeles Lakers do get into the playoffs in a given seven game series. If, if I'm Phoenix, I want to play the Lakers now yeah. because in LeBron is banged up. AD is banged up. And when those two are not in the ro- in the roster playing, you have a better chance of sure. beating them as opposed to if you get them in the second round or third round, you, you don't want to have to do that because they're going to be potentially more rested and, and healed up if they can finish off a, a series in, in four or five games. Once that, and I, I'll try not to make this too stat heavy because again, that's not our kind of our thing, but one of the stats I like to look at specifically with the league right now, and uh, you know, it's the evolution of the game. And we've talked about how the NFL has converted to such a passing league that, it's hard not to just consider yourself there more than not. So three points, three pointers made by team, Scott. Any guess on who the top three would be in the league this year? The first one shocked me. <laughs> three pointers. Mm. Because right now, this team at the top is facilitating through a big man because of injury and have been for weeks. Denver? It's Utah. Oh, okay. Utah is, yeah, Utah that scores makes sense the most three-pointers yeah, in the league. Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, that and makes sense. It does to the fan who's watched them. But Correct. I'm not sure an average fan would know that those names are playing as well as they're playing this year. And if you go to th- drop a bet and you see that Utah is you know, easily the, the Western favorite here, what are we talking about, right? Portland, of course, is up there. They're second. That makes total sense. They're built on a backcourt. Same with the Clippers, who are third, and Golden State, who are fourth. Phoenix is fifth, and that surprised me a little bit. The reason I brought this stat up and these rankings up is this time of year, teams that live and die by the three can get bit. This is where you can fall off. If you get ice cold and you can't make the threes and you are you rely on threes to make up the, the majority of your points and therefore win games through it, you can really get caught here at this time of year. So that's a negative for Phoenix to me that their top five and threes made, um, even though their points per game is high, I, I would, I would allude to, the, to that's why here's the team j- just to give you the anti- antithesis here. 
there's two teams who are top, looks like six, top six in score, top five actually in scoring that are middle of the pack and three-pointers made. Any guesses? You got one of them already. Denver. And then what's the Eastern version of that? Philly. That's right. Which is surprising because they right. they went out and, and and purchased and traded for shooters. It shows how little they had. They, yeah. they, they What they brought in basically just got them to average. That's where they sit now in terms of three-pointers made. It's about average in the league. I think that's the recipe. And obviously, Philly can play defense. There's no question about that. They maybe have two, two of the best shutdown defenders in, in the league right now in Thibel and Simmons. So... I'd be hard-pressed not to look at those two teams. And Denver's probably pretty good odds. Don't you think? Is the MVP-led team being given enough credit here? Do you have to be deep to win, to win in the postseason, Scott? Or can, can the Joker do it all by himself? You do need to be deep. He could potentially do it himself, but I know... Because he's such a unicorn? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. He's such a unicorn where he is a big man, but he can shoot it, and he he can shoot the outside three, but he can also shoot two pointers and make them just as well. But there are a lot of reservations with Denver because of their past history, mm. so they need to overcome that to prove to the media, to prove to fans that they can, with or without Jamal Murray, get over that hump. Biggest disappointment of the year. Oh, it's an easy one for me. Toronto. Okay. I, I, I'll give you that one. Although I think they, uh, they really got snake bitten more than anything. I think, uh, you know, they're well coached and maybe there's a couple of players in that roster that have to get shipped out. But for me, Scott, it's new Orleans. And I can't, yeah, we I, talked about that last week. Yeah. With and I can't even, I can't even blame the team so much. I, I think it's, I think it's a front office problem more than anything here. I think there's going to have to be significant changes one way or another to, to really get this team in a convention. So um, are you confident with them? You think they're just a year away and they just have to grow up a little bit. This is a team that the NBA wants in, in focus. Oh, absolutely. You know? Especially with Zion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer because they acquired veteran players. They signed. Right. Ingram to that free agent max contract. They've got Zion who's in year two, you know, after next year, he's going to be extension eligible. So what do you do with that? What do you do with Lonzo ball? Who's now going to be a free agent that you did not extend. They have a lot of questions to answer and figure out what path they want to go down, especially if they're going to remain with Van Gundy. You know, I know I've heard good and bad with Van Gundy from this season how, you know, it didn't necessarily gel with what was on the roster. Yeah, with that's, what that's probably the, the easiest shakeup to make, right? It is, but it's only been one year. I so know. do you give it another year or a year and a half to see where things are going to go? Because, so again, you just swap it, Van Gundy's? <laughs> Jeff, give it a, we'll give it a year with Jeff. Uh, that's if that's if Jeff wants to take that on, which I don't necessarily know if he wants to. But um, yeah, I, I agree that they were probably going to be my number two as most disappointing. And then Sacramento, like we talked about last week, which we don't have to go down that road again. Yeah. But 
Yeah. No. Um, I, I did my homework here already for you. So if you want to know the rankings of the, the championships. Hold I, I on. Looking- One last question. If Julius Randle enjoyed his time playing in New Orleans with Lonzo Ball, is that a move that gets made by the Knicks this offseason? I, yeah. I, I just can't imagine I, I, Derrick Rose is the long-term option there. Of course, he's just he's phasing out. You know, he's played his 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 ass off this year, and no, but you, bring him, him, you definitely bring him back. And the the fact that they made the trade that's for right. him, they they acquired the rights, and I can't state that enough. I know people listening are probably like, "Oh my God, he's bringing up the rights again." But I can't oh, I can't state it enough that the fact that they made the trade for Rose his cap he had a cap hit of what nine nine and a half right now. They acquire his rights, so they're going to be able to sign him to a higher value. In addition, they're going to have a gazillion cap space. Randall only has four million guaranteed, so right. that you know he's not a that, that he, he is. He's going whether he signs the extension or waits one year and then does a. The, oh the yeah, explain that, Scott. Can't. That's important. Explain explain Julius Randall's situation so Knicks fans don't freak out when they don't sign him this year. Yeah, if if they were to sign him to an extension right now, they could only sign him to a veteran extension. So they would guarantee the remainder of the year to 19.8 out of the four million that's only guaranteed. Then they could sign him to a four year. It's like 104, 105 million dollar contract because it's a veteran contract. He he doesn't apply for the veteran uh, designated veteran extension. Supermax, so yeah. Supermax, he, he he doesn't apply for that. So he would have to wait until he is a free agent. They would still have his rights. They could sign him to the five-year deal to over $200 million and and go from there. So, so it, it, it makes sense for him to wait. It makes a lot of money sense for him to wait. And, and just to clear it up, the, the, he's not Supermax eligible because he was traded to the Knicks. Well, he signed with them as a free agent. Same so thing. He, he's on a different team is what I'm saying. He's on a different team. Correct. Um, yes. Otherwise, he would have been because we're positive he's going to be LNBA here. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yep. So just to clear that up, there, there's, there's going to be a lot out there with Julius Randle. Um, look, he might just sign. Don't you think? There is a chance. Yeah. yeah I absolutely. think there's a chance, too, that he just kind of – because. Gets it done. Like, He's only twenty five. You sign a four year extension, he'll be thirty when that when it all it all expires. You do it all again. I mean, and it doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have to sign a four year. I mean, that's just the maximum true. amount of years that he could sign. So if he wanted to just do a one year deal and get to uh, whatever experience that he needs to get to, let's see, he's at six. He's going to have seven after this season. So he's still he'd have to sign a three year deal. Two, three-year deal. Two-year deal. So a two-year extension makes sense then to get him to the ten years of experience. That you're. That's yep. probably right. That's yep. probably exactly what happens here. Um, and, and then some kind of acquisition. So you think Derrick Rose is long-term then? Thirty-one years old. He's shown enough. I, I, yeah, I I do not think it is a coincidence that he goes to the Knicks. He's with Tibbs. He really right. likes Tibbs. He he has that veteran experience. And you absolutely bring him back for that reason and hmm. do whatever else you need to do. If you bring in Alonzo Ball, then you've got a two-headed snake in, at the point guard position. And, yeah, Rose has shown that he is viable on that Knicks team. And if with the cap space that they're going to have, yeah, 
go out and do what you need to do. Right now, they're they're, they're going to be somewhere around like seventy million dollars in in space if they, you know, get rid of some some other of these contracts sure. and, and get rid of uh, some of the cap holds. So, yeah, they they are they are primed for getting guys this off this off season. We we've said it before. It's not a great off season. Yeah, there'll be a lot of so one year deals. Yeah, they. They can do what they've done in the past, right? The one-year deal with a maybe a second year that's a club option. They have done that in, in, for the last two years. One-year deals where it's a club option, and then they can say, nope, we don't want you, or it's partial guaranteed, and they just cut them and take on the dead cap. So th- they've done some smart financial decisions leading up to where they are right now, and if they continue that trend – they're going to be in prime space for 2022 where there is a lot of free agents uh-huh. potential. No question. Uh, okay. I, I hear you've got the homework figured out already real quick. I threw a tweet up last night, did some quick research. Steph Curry wins, a, wins the scoring title away from your hometown, Bradley Beal. <laughs> um, he had to, he had to scratch and claw for it yesterday. It was not an easy 46. That's for sure. But he finishes with 32 points per game. He's the second oldest scoring title winner in NBA history behind, of course, Michael Jordan, who did it at age 33 and 34. Steph is 33 this year. So, you know, he's in elite elite status there, of course. His 32 points per game is the 24th highest among scoring title winners. I thought it'd be higher. I thought they'd be in the top 15. It's not even close. I mean, it's just not where where, – where the game is right now. It's uh, it's more of a team effort than anything. There's no question about it. And, you know, there's, most teams have two, three superstars who can kind of plug and play here. So, um, and then the final point I made was that Steph will be entering a contract year. So speaking of contract extensions, um, has anybody deserved one? Maybe, maybe outside of Julius Randle, has anyone deserved one more than Steph this year? Yeah, absolutely. Well, not even just this year, the last couple of years playing without clay, but absolutely this year. I mean, if he wants to be there, you know, he's the face of that franchise. Yeah. And, you know, if he wants to be there, they're going to offer the extension. He'll sign it and we'll move on and we'll talk about these extremely high salaries that he's. OK, be so let's talk with. real quick, Scott, because he's 33 going on 30. What, what do you do with that? I mean, is his body going to hold up like LeBron here? who's by the way is not all of a sudden. Yeah. And Steph has had injuries with that knee and ankle and he's had a lot this year. He actually, he had a couple, let's see, he's missed seven games for a tailbone issue. And then he had a rest and an illness and that was it. He was extremely healthy this year. So whatever they did, (laughs) right. Knock on wood. But he, he, whatever the training staff had done for him with all the miles that he had put on and, and carried that team on his shoulders, kudos to, to the strength and conditioning yeah. team on that, on the gold state warriors. So LeBron is 33 when he signs his four year max extension with the Lakers. And, you know, he got obviously banged up last year, excuse me, two years ago, right out of the gate. And then of course this year, fluky stuff, of course, but it's just what happens too at this age. I mean, things don't hold up like they used to. So is that, you think what we're in, in, in store with is golden state just going to go four years out here and hope that he can get to age 36 and play through it. Possibly, possibly. I, I, 
I, I'm assuming that they're going to want him to definitely be a uh, long-term Golden State for life kind of. Is it a player. Kobe Bryant kind of thing, Scott? Where you just you tack on that year, that 36 age year, because he's just going to be good for good for the audience. I mean, yeah, fans are going to yes. pay just to watch him warm up. Still, yeah, yeah, ab- <laughs> absolutely. I I think that would be the case. Now, what what do they pay? Does Steph take is that a fifty million dollars though? Four years out, what what is that? What is that going to yeah. be for him? It 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 would, it definitely would. I mean, because he's <laughs> that's a hell of a charitable offer. It is. I mean, he's going to be at 45 next year. So if they do an extension, then you're adding 120% of that. And, you know, going from there, uh, you're, you're going to be into the 50 million range at the back end of that contract. So, but if anybody's worth 50 a year, I think this year, Steph Curry proved that if you're going to, this is the highest payroll. This is the brand spanking new, ridiculously expensive arena. You know, you're in the Silicon yes. Valley area. There's so much money surrounding this organization. It's probably just good business to make him the first $50 million player. Isn't that right? Yeah, I would agree with that statement. I think it's going to happen. So that's probably a, a top three item to watch this offseason. Not and, that they were there yet. And I, par, part of me hopes that the extension happens this offseason so that we're not going through the entire season of is he going to stay with Golden State or is he going to go to Charlotte? Because that is going to be where the connect dots. And I, 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 I agree. I hope that it gets, I hope that it gets done so that we're not having to deal with that because we, we dealt with that with the Durant situation. And I don't think Golden State wants to go down that road. And if they can just lock him up and know their financial future with him, they got Clay lined up. What happens to Draymond? We shall see. But I hope it gets done. And it's good for basketball to have one player on one team, like yeah. a Kobe Bryant situation. It's good for it's sports very, in it's general right now. <laughs> it it, it is, and it's general. very rare. I, down here on the radio, they were having the conversation of Ovechkin, who's going to be a, 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 not to transition to hockey. Yeah, but free agent as well. One, one, te- one team, whole career, going to be a free agent. It's very similar situation. Uh, just lock it up, get it done. Team up with Crosby and Pittsburgh for the uh, last couple seasons? No, definitely not. <laughs> Break Twitter. My <laughs> yes, it would. All, All right, right. You want the home- hit me. All right, so we've got. I was close with Golden State. Okay, they were. What year was it? I'll guess. It was 2016. No, no. What season. year? What year is the oh. lowest payroll champion? 2013-14. Wow. That's after the San Antonio stuff, right? Dead on. Is it really? So is that Kawhi San Antonio? Yes. Wow. Wait, where's Kawhi's Toronto? Kawhi's Toronto, they were third overall. Oh wow. So they went they they went all in then. Okay. That 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 is the year uh, for the Spurs. You've got Kawhi on a one point eight million (laughs) dollar cap. You've got Bellinelli at two seven five. You got Danny Green at three seven. You've got Boris Diaw at four seven. You got Mano Ginobili at seven five. Yeah. Thiago Splitter at ten. Tim Duncan at ten three. And Tony Parker. That's right. Duncan took that ridiculous last contract. Yeah. And Tony Parker could barely play on a twelve and a half million dollar cap. Yeah. 
So they they were 24th overall. And then, like I said, in 2016-17, Golden State was at 22, ranked 22 for cap. And then next was Golden – sorry, Lakers last year were at 21. And then Golden State in 14-15 was 18th. Okay, so we should backtrack a little bit then, huh? (laughs) It gets done. It It does. Maybe this year's a bit of an anomaly with so many high payroll teams being right up there in in the top seven rankings of the postseason. So we'll have to we'll have to kind of watch this throughout here and see what happens. I mean, I I think it's going to be a top ten team. The teams that were in the top, like we said, Toronto was third in cap. Golden State the year before was second in cap. Cleveland with LeBron was first in cap. Yep. Then the two years in Miami for LeBron, they were fifth and sixth in cap. All right, so I'm so, not crazy. I mean, that is kind of you're, you're the way crazy. things have gone. You're you're not crazy, but the trend is LeBron. you are either high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LeBron and, and Steph, but you're either high in cap, you're top six, top five in cap, or you had great value at 21, 18, 24, 22. Yeah. There are no middling middle teams at 10, 12, you know, in, in the middle of the road, like we see with uh, the NFL in some cases. So, um, all right, we'll get to our picks in a second because I think that's going to that's gonna help us with those picks in a bit here. But real quick, you did a piece on uh, just kind of financial timelines for the three NBA players who got inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Any yes, thoughts? Uh, any thoughts? That, that, did, did any was there any reminiscing that brought up some things you want to talk about in terms of? I mean, we just kind of brought up the Duncan final contract, which I had totally forgotten about the Tim the Tom Brady esque move, which is you know there were there were a lot of comparisons to the Patriots and the Spurs back then, and and maybe not enough because it's just how it went. I mean, look, T- Duncan's salaries the last seven years were all extremely team friendly. He knew exactly what he was doing. You know, Popovich sat him down and said, this is really going to help us. We got a couple of kids we that we've drafted who we can get into the game. But if we want to keep the band together, this is the only possible way to do it and not pay off our ass, which in San Antonio was never going to be an option. So it's uh, to me that that is the definition. If, if, if somebody asked me to go up there and speak on Tim Duncan from our angle, that's exactly what I would say that, you know, that that he he did everything the franchise asked for, including. <laughs> you know, and, and was he paying on the side? I'm not going down that road. I'm, I, <laughs> I, who knows? You know, did yeah, they work yeah. out some sort of endorsement deal so he could make it back somewhere? I hope they did. But in terms of the NBA cap, he he treated them exactly how they had to be to win that last championship. So that that's what stands out for me for Duncan. Um, Kobe had a very different finish to his career, Scott. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Two year, $48 million to end his yeah. career. What was it? 20, 25 million was the, that was the last after year the Achilles, career. Right? Like, wasn't it after was, the injury? Yeah, that was. Yeah. The, here, here is going through this and comparing. So, if you go and take a look at the piece, I broke it out with what their contracts were. And then I did just a year by year comparison for year one, all the way through year 22 for Garnett, even though it was waived and retired and waived and he still earned it. But each of these guys had either five or six contracts, but the last contract that all of them had was just a two year deal. 
Kobe's was higher, two for 48. Well, but yeah, let's break down those three last two two year contracts. So so, so Duncan so, went two for 10, eight, 10.85. Garnett went two for 16.5. Kobe went two for 48. 48, yes. Yeah, I think the Lakers went a little over top there in his send-off. Yeah, and the Duncan and Garnett were thank you deals where they decided to retire in the last year, but it was guaranteed, so they they gave it to them. Yeah. Uh, for cap purposes, they had stretched Tim Duncan's, so they had took it over three years as, right. as opposed to taking it all one year, which was smart on their part. Um, but, you know, we had three guys who had – exercised player options to take what they had and continue to play. Kobe had an early termination option, which he exercised and then signed a seven year, $136 million deal. Uh Kobe and Kevin Garnett, because of being with teams for so long, they had rare, no trade clauses, which you do not see now because the stipulation is off the top of my head. I think you have to be with the team at least eight seasons to be able to have a no trade clause. So those guys had been, or you could just post something on Twitter. That'll get you out if you want to get traded. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But but I'm saying that they, they added in the no trade clause because they did not want to be traded. And if they did, you know, then they activated Garnett had a, uh, a trade kicker that actually helped him out. He gained eight and a half million dollars because of the trade kicker to go to Boston. So had that not happened, you know, his his financial career would have been potentially eight and a half million dollars lower. Let's talk about it because may not have won championships because he may have still been. I don't think enough people understand how much Kevin Garnett actually made Scott. You and I do because we kind of stare at this stuff a lot, but, um, just this past year, Kevin Garnett finally got got passed on the all-time NBA earnings list by LeBron. We knew it was going to happen eventually, but Kevin Garnett has been the the earnings goat in this league for forever. I yes, mean, very long time. Three hundred and thirty-four. So you mentioned that extra eight million. I mean, that's what took him past Kobe. Um, it's a big deal. It's a three hundred thirty-four million plus in this league over twenty-two seasons. Yes, he. He came out of high school as as did Kobe, so he had extra time to uh, to get this done. And LeBron, of course, the same. You know, LeBron's going to pass three fifty after this upcoming season, and I'm not sure we're going to see anybody get close to that soon here. But here's your top five: it's LeBron three forty six, Kevin Garnett three thirty four, Kobe Bryant three twenty three, Chris Paul at two ninety nine nine, just about three hundred million, and then five is Shaq at two eighty six, who for a long time was second to Garnett. So it's, uh, you know, Durant's going to be in the top five here soon. Other than that, Scott, who, who has a chance here to eclipse the $300 million mark in the next couple of seasons? Duncan, by the way, 242 in the same amount of seasons as Kevin Garnett. So almost $100 million less than Kevin Garnett in his 22-year career. Well, Durant, Durant's going to be able to surpass the 300 mark uh, with the 2021 season, he'll be at 306. Nice. And then if we fast forward a little bit there, uh, Russell Westbrook is going to be up there. Uh, we're going to have, uh, Chris Paul is going to be even higher. LeBron's going to be even higher. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk Chris Paul. How high can Chris Paul get here? 
Uh, high. I mean, he's a top five MVP this year. <laughs> you know, this is top, I, he signed just through next year. So he's going to have to re up or, or move on and try to re, you know, redo yep. this thing again somewhere else. I, I, I mean, I if know. he doesn't, if he doesn't, he's at 344. And, you know, by, by the 22, 20, 2022 23 season, LeBron will surpass 400 million. Uh, he'll be at 431 Ugh. if he plays it all out. So Chris Paul will still be in third in that in two seasons with that 344, but knocking by, like I said, knocking right behind them is Westbrook. And then James Harden is wow. going to be up there. We're talking, you know, John Wall. Eventually, Steph Curry is going to get up there. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so what we're talking because of how high the salaries are right now, we're we're going to have a massive shift in all-time financials within the next three to five years, just because of we're talking forty-five. You know, forty-five to fifty million, which is Kobe's last contract was forty-eight million. So, yeah, over two, <laughs> over two, <laughs> over two. Um, look, these are massive numbers, and I know we say it a lot, but they're massive. Uh, LeBron is gunning down Alex Rodriguez here, who's at four fifty-five and change in Major League Baseball. NFL's got nothing close. NHL, of course, has nothing close in terms of all-time earners. LeBron's going to get there. Over the next potentially two and a half seasons, well, to, to, he's going to have to sign that one-year deal at age thirty-seven with his kid, right? He is because that contract runs out at twenty twenty-two twenty-three season. That gets him to four thirty-one point nine, and if he signs that one more deal, he could surpass a Rod. What a Rod's at four fifty-five. So um, how said. important is it to him to be the all-time earner of in the four major American sports? Does he oh, give I, does he give a rat's ass? Yes, I think he does. Because, <laughs> because he is that competitive. I'm sure he has it in the back of his mind that he wants to have as many eclipsed all-time yeah. whatevers yeah. for his legacy just to be able to one up MJ as much as possible. Well, no competition in terms of this, but um, <laughs> interesting but list. It, and you're right, it's gonna get really crazy quickly in terms of these $45 million salaries and how quickly they add up. But uh, kudos to Kevin Durant or excuse me, Kevin Garnett is, is my parting shot on this conversation. And, and I I'm about halfway through his book that was released this year. Oh, his yeah? autobiography. It, it's really interesting. I did not know nearly as much as I thought I knew about him. He has ADD, ADHD, dyslexia. He's mm. purposefully wrote this book as an encyclopedia so that it's in small chunks and it's based in alphabetical order. So it jumps all over in the timeline. It's not linear by really? any, and it's really interesting how he jumps and in, in coordinates what was in the a with what's in the G and he goes through how he had to move from South Carolina. To so is Chicago. that like an OCD thing? I don't get that part of it. It, because it was so hard for him to read with having dyslexia, he he had to have things in small chunks to help him understand and, and be able to I read see. them accordingly. So he he wrote it how he felt that he would be able to read it best. 
How interesting. My goodness. Very, yes, very. So I don't know how to transition from so that to, to gambling, but we're going to do it. So let's, <laughs> make, <laughs> let's make our, let's make some predictions here, Scott. Are you big on the favorites here for this NBA postseason? Uh, you know, I hate to say it. It's it's so much relies on injuries here. I, I can't take the Lakers with the injuries that have happened with them. I get when they're not on there, AD and LeBron, they, they're still a defensive powerhouse, but I, if I can't go with them, if Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn is deeper okay. than the Lakers. Plus 210 so think, on FanDuel right now. That good enough for you? It seems about right. Double up your money on Brooklyn winning? I think it's right. Okay. How about the one seed at plus 800? The 76ers are plus 800 right now to win the championship. Yeah, Vegas doesn't like the East at all. They no, they don't. I mean, that's bonkers. They, I I think they also aren't sold on the Sixers in maybe who they are or what they can do. Like you just said, their shooting was middle of, of yeah. the league Three in three point pointers. Wise, yes. But then you have a big, and you have you have a Simmons who Philadelphia doesn't necessarily know what he is. Does whether defense he's a, not matter in the NBA postseason because it matters in in many other sports second seasons because Philly does have defense. I I think the is Brooklyn just Vegas, unstoppable well, in your opinion, Scott? If they're healthy, yes, yeah. they're going. They are unstoppable, but they have. They are so deep. They have so many avenues. Whereas, if you're Philadelphia, does have the defense, but if they go cold on shooting, I, I don't think you can outmatch the power of a Durant, an Irving, a Harden, a Joe Harris. If he gets hot, um, they have the bigs where they have. Uh, a Blake Griffin and a DeAndre Jordan who you put them on Embiid, maybe I will maybe yeah. able to make them foul out. Um, but looking at this, you're right. Vegas does not necessarily like big men in the postseason. No, right I now. mean Giannis and Embiid are exactly the same right now, plus eight hundred. Right. And then you got Miami with Bam Adebayo at plus 3,000. Yeah. Denver Nuggets with Joker. They obviously don't believe yeah. in, in that. 36 to 1. 3,600. <laughs> you got Phoenix Suns with Aiton at plus 2,400. So the, the only big guy that is, you know, you got AD if he can be healthy and Gobert at plus 600. They don't like the big guy in the right now. So, so Brooklyn, um, the Lakers are the favorites. Is that a confident pick for you? Out of the East? Yes. So Brooklyn and who for you? Well, I, I, I bet the sun. So I have to say the suns. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go with them. I think, I think at are, 24 I think, to one, you're going to have a lot of uh, friends with you, quite frankly. Well, and I think, they are a deep. They are a deep team. You have experience, uh -huh. and they are a team that, if I remember off the top of my head, were pretty good as far as injuries. Yeah. Lakers, we've already talked about them. Yeah. Clippers, 
they had a lot of resting. They, you know, they, they have had some injuries. Serge Ibaka, who they signed, hoping he was going to be there, missed 27 games with a back issue. Um, Paul George has been in and out with some resting. The Clippers at plus 600 right now, after the season they just had, which was fine, you know, plenty above average. That's Vegas basically saying last year was Doc Rivers' fault. Yes. And I don't buy that. Not at all. I don't <laughs> and either. I don't buy that. So I'm I'm completely bypassing them. If I'm taking a plus 600 team, I'd take Utah. But I don't think I'm even doing that because of the Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that Mitchell. depends on Mitchell's yeah. status. Correct. Yeah. I, boy, the Lakers have a lot of work to do, though. They do. Especially that they're in the play-in. If they're... Let's understand this. Have- they If they beat Golden State right away, they're the seventh seed, right? Yes, they are, and if, they would play. Phoenix. If they lose the Golden State, they play the winner of nine ten, winner of Memphis, San Antonio. So they'd have to win. They lose the first, win the second, then they become the eight seed and play Utah. Utah. Yes, which could possibly match up with them. That's that's a tough road for the favor in the West. <laughs> that's a tough road. Yeah, it is, and that's why I said if if you're Phoenix. You kind of want to take Los Angeles Lakers now. Let me ask you this question because we just broke down those odds. Who do you feel more comfortable about in the first round? Denver over Portland or the Clippers over Dallas? Mm. It matters. It does. It absolutely does matter. That's tough because Portland has... They've been playing good ball. Yeah, they got a backcourt, and Denver specifically does not right now. Hmm. Is Denver going out round one? Oh, it's absolutely possible. Okay, so then absolutely. why aren't we considering Portland here? Because they rely so much on the three, and there's just nothing else in that roster depth wise. Yeah, if they go cold, okay. yeah, we've seen it happen. If, if if they go cold and you know can can Dame and McCollum and X Y and Z can they get over that mellow? Hump? Yeah, mellow <laughs> Nurkic. You know, I. It's a tough. It's a very tough conference. It's a very tough oh, conference. It, it, it's a slugfest. So yeah. it, it 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 absolutely matters because if if the Lakers win. And they go in the eighth seed or seventh seed, then Golden State potentially could win and be the eighth seed. And then you have Golden State against Utah and Phoenix against it. It, it completely matters yeah. because of how the bracket lays out. If you're playing the eight and you one versus eight, and then you're playing your uh, four versus five, which is what you said, Denver, Dallas Portland, Clippers. Or Dallas Clippers, which is so, so close, like a point you know, away from each other in terms of scoring this year. It's just it's oh, it's identical. We could potentially see almost all of these series go six or seven games. Which team has to win the first round, or there's going to be major trouble? Let me let me ask it this way: Clippers, Clippers lose to Dallas, Bucks lose to Heat. Which city is up in arms? The most. Box. Because of everything they've just had to give up and, and spend. Spend. And if you lose to Miami Again. after yeah. what happened in 
The bubble, I think I think Milwaukee. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm taking Philly. <laughs> I'm taking Philly. You give me an underdog number one seed, I'll take it all day. And technically Utah is too. I'm just not I'm not yeah, not a huge it's, fan. I, my my, my preseason picks were the Lakers and Philly. Yeah. I, I still think Philly has a chance, but again, the play-in matters in this case because if you are, let's say Bradley Beal is fully healthy ah, going, none of those East preseason. play-in teams scare me worth a darn. No, but I'm talking from the standpoint of if. Washington ends up having to play, yeah. say, Philadelphia. Okay. And they 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 push Philadelphia to a six game, let's call it six or seven. You know, that is miles on that Philadelphia team. Whereas if you're Brooklyn, you're probably gonna win in four or five games, depending on who you're playing. If you if you end up playing Boston or no. Pacers. Here's here's the two matchups we absolutely need. So from a from an NBA standpoint, of course they want Brooklyn and the Lakers in the championship. I mean that is superstar that, that is maximum superstar power. But yes. first round, we want Washington versus Brooklyn. We want yes, Washington we to beat Boston, and we want Durant, Harden, and Irving against Westbrook and Beal. I mean that is first round gold. Oh yes, and, <laughs> and the NBA wants that too because yes. the the eyeballs that are going to be on that oh, matchup, it's oh, just that's it's that, that crushes. So that has to happen. I, I'm completely, I, I'm away from everything else. I don't even care who comes out of the nine ten uh, at all. I mean it's it's totally fine in the East. So that's why I've got my sights set on Philly, who are going to have the worst, you know, the worst of that conversation, whether it's Boston, Indy, Charlotte. I'm Philly all day in that conversation. So I'm already, I've already got them into the second round and then yes. maybe it's Miami who could trip up the bucks. So it, I, I just like their path and plus 800. I love their path. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not even, gonna, yeah. I'm not even going to pick a West team because I want to give it around. I think I wouldn't do it now. I'm gonna, I want to give it around and see what, what kind of matures from maybe, maybe even out of the, out of the play in to see what, how they line up. So right now I'm not ready to pick a West team. I'll, maybe I'll hop on your Phoenix bag bandwagon just to do it. But plus eight hundred, I'm all I'm all Philly in the East. Anything okay. else? Busy NBA weekend here. They smashed this Hall of Fame thing in the middle of like the most oh. important games well, possible. That had to piss some people off. Hall, Hall of Fame uh, induction, and then the day after, 2021 Hall of Fame yeah. comes out. Then you got the the, the end of the season where games actually mattered on sure. the last day and then turn around and you've got play in turn uh, playing games on Tuesday um, and then jump into the playoffs. And, and what's everybody in the sports world talking about on Twitter, Scott, the FCS football championship, Sam Houston state. So okay. that's all you need to know about sports. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. My thanks to the athletic visit the athletic.com slash spot track. Get 40% off your first year subscription. I'm sure they're highlighting that FCS football game, by the way. It was actually a pretty good finish. My thanks to Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, empowering professional athletes and top entertainers and giving them the financial plan they need to pre and post draft this time of year, getting them trained, getting them properly endorsed, getting them on a financial plan to succeed in the sports and the ventures that they so choose to. That's ms.com slash GSE. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast. <laughs>